you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. David. Football, football the Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, presented by Old Navy BIFD Built-In Flex Denim. It's a big deal. It That's is. Well, and, and uh, you know who else is a big deal? The man seated to my immediate left. It's uh, the longtime Jacksonville Jaguar, the Oakland Raider for one year, but in his heart, it extends much further back into his history than that. And of course, a UCLA Bruin during a dark time for Southern California college football. It's Maurice Jones Drew, everybody. But wait, I forgot to say, he is, uh, he's also the voice of uh, your Los Angeles Rams who are going to the Super yeah, Bowl was, now. Hello, I was going to say that. I was going to be like, don't, you know, you talked about the good, the Jags are top the AFC. 16-0 is actually, you know, you got to go 2-0 first to go 16-0. So we'll see how it goes. But then the Rams. That was your Super Bowl pick. But let's be, let's not jive, Maurice. You made that out of self-interest because you wanted no, it to be true. I, well, yes, I, but one, I do want it to be true. But two, it backs up, you know, when them winning the way they're winning, it backs up my, my claim. I knew the Rams were going to be really good. And I knew Jacksonville's defense was going to be phenomenal. What I didn't know. Is that Blake Bortles was going to throw touchdowns like that? I well, you should have talked to your old pal Dave because Dave told you Blake Bortles was going to be sneaky decent. No, I didn't. I didn't say he wasn't. I'm just, I, I knew he was going to be good, but to throw the ball the way he threw and make the decisions mm-hmm. the way he made against the Patriots, if he plays like that, which I don't think they're going to allow him to when Fournette gets back, they're going to try to close games out. But to know he can do that now adds a different weapon uh, to that offense. So it, it's going to be crazy. By the way, we have uh, Willie McGinnis, whose uh, Patriots lost to your Jaguars on Sunday. Mm. Coming up in a little bit, he has some great stuff. I know this because uh, I've already spoken to him about it. He has great stuff on Josh Gordon. And he evaluates the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the, sort Whoa, of the difference. Whoa, he, he dips his, his little carrot in your ranch? I know. Well, listen, you know wow. what? Maurice Jones-Drew, that was a way. Where'd you come up with that one? Sounds like something somebody from, uh, like, Mississippi would say. Hey, now, I... Well, gentleman doesn't dip his carrot into another more, man's more ranch. What they say down there is he he uh, he farms his own land. Is what they would say down there. That's carrot and ranch. All right. Either way, McGinnis weighed in on it, and it's really good stuff, and so stick around for that. But I also want to get your thoughts on it. And, of course, I blame your Jaguars for one of the things that Willie and I were talking about, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, I mean, your Jags don't house the Pats on Sunday. The Patriots aren't as desperate to go out and and get this game. Yeah, I mean, again, I think this league comes back to, to being very simple. You need players to win. Right, you need talented guys. Now, some guys come with baggage, some don't. But when you have talent on your roster, you don't want to get rid of that. And obviously, the Patriots are look. They've been looking. I want to say there was a, a report out that said they've had twenty eight transactions yeah, at wide yeah. receiver since the draft or the since the, the new year. So I mean, they're trying to figure out what's going on, uh, and they need to help with that receiving core. And, and Bill knows that, and he knows that he needs players. But then you look at teams like the Buffalo Bills, who traded away everyone. I mean. Reggie Raglan, 
all these guys, I mean, they've, they've traded away talent and then they haven't replaced it yet, right? So it, it just shows that this league is about players. Yeah, coaches do a great job of getting you prepared, but you have to have players out there with the abilities to go out there and make plays. Boy, uh, the Bills, as a side note, uh, are not just a bad team. They are lining up to be in the Super Bowl era like a top five bad team. Well, I'll, I'll say this much. And, poor Shady. And, 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 well, yeah, poor Shady for sure. But when a player retires at halftime, that speaks more to your culture of your team than it does anything else. What do you think of that? Have you ever heard of anything I've, even close <laughs> to that? Listen, I, my I've always told people my biggest thing, and, and people are like, oh, you're lying. You would never do this. Look, i rather, if you don't feel like you can play, do not come out of this locker room. Because it's a very dangerous game, and you need to have everyone on the field. Once those 10 toes cross those lines, you all have to be ready to go. So I appreciate the fact that he's like, look, I can't do this anymore, and I, I don't want to go out there and get <laughs> anyone hurt. Time. I could 30 I could, minutes worth right. of game. Well, you know what? I, I could appreciate that. But getting hungry, other, it's late in the afternoon. The other well part is it's like Anquan Bolden did this last year. We don't talk about that. He was in Buffalo for like a week or like a couple of days and was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm going to go ahead and retire. So this isn't new. I mean, granted, it's new that he did it at halftime, but there's already a player. There's always there's already something where a player went up there and something's going on up in that Buffalo hmm. area for him to not, you know, for him to then retire. Yeah, that is weird. But for the record, though, you, you shouldn't uh, cast aspersions, uh, you know, glass houses and all that. You did, after all, retire during the draft. Your draft, remember? You told us before that you told your agent when Lendell White got drafted. You oh, said, yeah, That's no question. I'm, that done, was I'm done with I'm football. Done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm I, was going, I was ready to go to McDonald's and start working, start a career there, own a couple, like, you know, after a couple of years. But, you know, I was talked off the cliff. And you came out of retirement and like Brett Favre. Yeah. yeah, you got to do that sometimes. Yeah, Brett Favre gets too, much, uh, gets too much credit for that. That was actually Maurice's move first, wasn't it? I think there's a lot of players that ever retire and then bounce back in those situations. <laughs> All right, let, enough about the Bills. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff. And uh, and your Jags, um, for real, Maurice, I mean, you, you talk about Bortles. The thing to me that comes across on a human level watching him is he seems kind of fearless against the Patriots, and it's the same thing that Joe Flacco weirdly possesses against the Patriots. I would be, I, you know, uh, uh, even if I were made it to the NFL, I'd still look across the sideline and be like, well, that's Belichick. He's, I mean, he's going to so do something to trick me well, up. The thing, the thing for, for Blake is they've simplified the offense so much for him, right? Think about it that he's been with his offensive coordinator for four years. That now. was the knock on him was yeah. that he was not three years in yeah. grasping the NFL playbook. But – you don't need this big playbook. Sometimes you only need to run 25 plays and just run them over and over and over again and get reps at them. I think that's, they've done that. And then, two in training camp, uh, Jalen Ramsey, we went out there for under uh, inside training camp, and I interviewed Jalen Ramsey, and he said, Blake last year wouldn't throw the ball at us. He would, wouldn't try us in practice. Hmm. And now he does it. And so he was like, he has confidence in his receivers and, and then his playmakers that he's going to you know, be able to make plays. And so they – you know, it, you have to go through some dark stuff to come out on top, and I think that's what Blake Borders understands. Like now, okay, I'm not going against Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye in this defense every every Sunday, only in practice. So I need to try some things in practice so that come the game time, we'll see if it works. And I mean, he completed I don't know how many go balls against the Patriots. It was amazing to see that, and the receivers are out there making plays for him. Yeah, they definitely are. Side note, quickly, and it's a curmudgeonly one. The Keelan Cole catch was great, but you can only make that in the 21st century because of those gloves, right? Nobody, I mean, you would ne the reason you've 
never seen anything like the Odell catch and what's followed it is because those guys have gloves. Well, you gotta I want to get a pair big, of those they gloves. They have big hands, MVP. too. You got to remember, you have to well, have so big what, hands. So what? Big hands. What, what, the NFL players from 1980 didn't have big hands? I'm assuming not as big as these guys. I mean, there's hands that are... Put it this way, DeAndre Hopkins wears like a, a 4X glove or something like that. Like, that's crazy to me how big your hands are. I wore an X or L. So a 4X has to be at least up to here. Mm-hmm. Or that's a that's a hand. Like, I can I can barely grip a football. Those dudes are catching in one hand. I mean, it had, takes some skill, but yeah, the glove helps. Do I have bigger hands than Maurice? No. That would... Not even close. What do you mean, no? Don't You don't have to give me a scowl like that. Eddie Not even spaghetti. close, Shaq. MVP, I want to try some of those football playing gloves and see just how we can, easy it we is can to definitely, catch can we, can we talk, though, because he's beating around the bush of where we, where we really well, need no, to go. Well, no, you made big news a week ago, Maurice. You were all over ESPN and FS1. Well, we were all over it. Here, there, and, and everywhere. We were all your... over it, but now, like, Le'Veon probably won't talk to me ever again until... Is that true? No, I'm just playing with you now. He I, I, I thought, he's fine. Uh, but you more or less represented his... His point of view. And yeah. I thought it was, I actually think it was a sunny one. The first question though is, is his absence at all related to the Steelers being 0-1-1? Because on the list of concerns that we've seen so far with this uh, with this scuffling bunch is the running back. I mean, James Conner's fumble did cost them the victory. Let's be clear about that in week one yeah, in Cleveland. But still, one. I don't think you would point at James Conner's performance as the reason. Well, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's James Conner, but I think Le'Veon Bell is going to give you uh, a little bit more and help sure. you in some of those. Like against Kansas City, to start off twenty one in the hole, I don't think you'll do that with Le'Veon Bell out there. Um, but I don't think his like this is this is this is where, um, and I'm going to say this because I want I want people to really understand like how crazy what happened in Pittsburgh really is. Like I am more shocked. And and was more appalled by players talking about his money than I was Vontae Davis quitting at halftime. Is that true? No question. I mean, I've like seen we've players, talked about. Well, no, real quick. I've seen players shut it down. Not necessarily quit, but say, look, like, this is it. You know, I'm going to try, you know, but shut it down. I've still, I like, till this, this is like the first time I've ever seen someone talk about someone else's money, like, out in the open. And so that's, that there started something. Right, that started something, and if you win week one, I think you're fine. It's mm-hmm. out of the way. But now mm-hmm. that you're you tied, and then you lost, and now all of a sudden people are starting to come in and try to pluck, start attack the Steelers. They have to figure out a way to to rally around each other and, and get back out there. Like Antonio Brown, the media is kind of coming after him right now, and I haven't seen anyone really step in to back him up as a player. Like, I, granted, I'm no, I'm no, I don't follow the Pittsburgh Steelers like that, but no one's come out and said like. Like, like Antonio's my brother. It is, you know, we're going to go with him. Well, Antonio Brown actually did, but now Antonio Brown, you know. Well, he did that at first, yeah, with Le'Veon, but now he's getting attacked, so no one's come out and said anything in, to his defense. And so I, I think, you know, and Mike Tomlin, this is one thing I, I love about Mike Tomlin is that, you know, he can relate to all the players in that locker room. He can relate to them, and he'll find a way to bring those guys in. But right now it's, you know. You're 0-1-1. It's funny to me because this is the melodrama that is the Pittsburgh Steelers for the last couple of years now. And Mike Tomlin and, you know, remember Antonio Brown in the locker room doing the, the, oh, the FaceTime, the yeah, FaceTime the thing that he did. Yeah. And I mean, this, this isn't a new thing. And also there's a lack of discipline. The excuse you keep hearing and and Coach Tomlin's 
area of expertise is defense. And, you know, in the early part, or I, I would say probably for the first seven years or so uh, of him being the head coach, he was deferential to Dick LeBeau. But this is now his defense. And I don't just mean uh, from a distance. I mean, literally, that he more and more wants to use the Tampa 2 or some some right. variation on it. He's the one installing it. And what's further, he has Kevin Colbert's ear. He's ma- he's uh, working to bring in the guys he wants in there. Y- y- and yes. yet, uh, all we hear about is, oh, bad mis- bad communication out on the field. Well, I'll, I'll, the defense I'll say is this. garbage. I'll say this. Sometimes. In, in, the league, in the league, where you spend your money is where you're going to get the best production, right? So in Jacksonville, if you look at their defense – there's hundreds of millions of dollars all through that defense. Yeah, true. And that's why they play well. If you look at Pittsburgh, where's all the money? Right. Well, that's what I offense. said to you a week ago. It's on offense, right? And I so, said to you a week. It can't all be tied up in three guys it, or the vast yeah, majority. Yes, it can. If you win. That's how, and if that's where your money's allocated, then defensively, you just have to try to hold people out of the end zone. Like, all right, look, this is what we're going to do. We're right. going to do our best. We're just going to try to hold, but you guys got to score points. And so it's the same way. If you look at the Rams, they kind of spread their money out throughout, but there's certain sp- – places like that defensive line is making a lot of money those three interior guys are making a lot of money then they have rookies on the outside or first year deal or first deal uh first deal guys on the Mm -hmm. outside corners are locked down you got a franchise player first deal guy linebackers first deal guys except for baron i mean so they've spread their they've allocated their money differently on that side then offensively they've allocated it really to uh both receivers a running back and a tackle that's it. Everyone mm-hmm. else is still on their first year deal. So, um, you know, you just have to figure out ways to do it. If you're going to have these star players like in Pittsburgh where you have stars, superstars, defend, they're going to have to score points and win games consistently. Well, first of so all, you can't the, thing blame that, the, defense. the thing that jumps to mind, and I don't, I'm not cavalier in saying this, but how important was Ryan Shazier? I knew he was important, yes. but my goodness. The entire thing, the defense was fine. But since he went out, it has been a train wreck. Um, well, they have to find that linebacker that can run the middle of the field. Right. You have to gonna, find a guy that can run. Well, that that's the disconnect. Talk about miscommunication. Forget what happens in 60, uh, in 60 minutes on Sundays. What about Colbert and Tomlin? They they didn't seem to address. Well, they the, did. If you're going to, if you want to, I mean, was Morgan Burnett was the, was the plan and maybe it still will be this over the hall. Well, of the well next no, 14, I mean, but, you have to remember you, 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 you're trying to, the big thing last year was a secondary. So they went out and addressed the secondary. Now they have to address the linebackers. You only can address so much as, I get as, it. as, as at a time, right? That so, hybrid Morgan Burnett, ter- uh, yeah. Terrell Edmonds thus far has not yielded much. Uh, much uh, yeah, I mean, I mean have Kelsey running all by himself down the middle. Yeah, of the hopefully, field hopefully it, it works out, but you have to give them time to do it. You went, you're going, and then they change defensive schemes too. So that takes a lot as well. But at the end of the day, Pittsburgh, we. People are going to keep when they it's like it's like sharks in the water. When they smell blood, people are going to come and attack. And and they feel it right now in Pittsburgh. There was, you know, last year going 13 and 3. This year starting off with a tie and a loss. They have to find a way to get it going and get back in the race. It's still there, it's still their division to win. Now, but let me say this though. Well, I, let me what? say this. Been, it is their division to win, but Cincinnati's not playing with a lot of people. And the Browns I said since it, and I told no, I told people about the Browns. And they at 0 and 2 or 0, 0 1 and 1. Right are better than most teams that are 2-0. Okay, Some of these 2-0 teams. Fine. That's fine. But they're not playoff relevant. I the don't Bengals, know. What if, the Bengals what if, are. What if, what if the Browns get on a heater? 
because they got the Jets this week. Mm-hmm. Then they have a, another. I forgot who the other team is, but they're it's starting that that you know if they come out and end up winning two or three games in these next four games, it's going to be a problem because then they're going to believe because their defense is flying around like no other. I kind of agree. I will never let go of the fact. I don't care if Denzel Ward got a couple of picks in Week One or not. If they had Bradley Chubb with uh, uh, Miles Garrett, it would just be. Uh, you could have both be, of them. It would be a, a bear style thing. What that what the bears look like right now is crazy. All of a sudden, you know, it, it ebbs and flows. And the Jags showed the way uh, last year and the Rams really tuned up their defense. The, the Denver Broncos Even really better. The, the Broncos are back. That bears uh, front seven. It looks devastating. It seems like defense, at least in the early part of the season, in spite of Patrick Mahomes and in spite yeah. of the, the huge point totals that we're seeing in certain places, I feel like defense, you always hear it wins championships. That's only true some of the time. I think this is one of those years where that seems like the the dominant defenses are, are starting to rise back up. Well, now. yeah, again, they have to adjust to the rules of the game. You know, and so because of the way the league is kind of veering towards passing and all this, you're starting to get these hybrid linebackers yeah, like right. Telvin Smith who can run with receivers or Miles Jack who can run with receivers and also stay in the box. Uh, and you see that with the Rams. They've kind of built their team off of that that style. Um, when we go going back to Pittsburgh, they're trying to build a defense that will catch and when I mean catch, like, we're not going to come attack you aggressively. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do all these crazy blitzes. We're just going to sit there and wait for you to make a mistake, and then we're going to capitalize off it. They just – no one just made a mistake yet. <laughs> I know. That's just the, the bad part about it. Good so yeah. Far. Maybe that's a bad bet as the focus on quarterbacks in the NFL is so great now that quarterbacks, the average quarterback, is better. It's sort of like movies. I say, I, I say that about movies all the time. Even if you don't like a movie that you see in 2018 – the production value is is so great that it's going to look better than a movie you thought was pretty good in right. 1989. It just is better. Things have yeah, progressed. Yeah, it just looks better. I think better. quarterbacks are now better. The average QB is better than the average QB was 15, 20 uh, years ago. Um, mm, I mean, how many teams have just a have just an abjectly awful QB who's costing them games? Maybe six, eight teams now. There, I, I don't know. I, I, I just every every quarterback has its flaws. Or has their flaws. And you have to, as a defense, like, so I'll give you a great example. I was uh, talking with uh, someone, uh, one of the coaches at the Rams uh, after the game, and I was like, you know, there's only two ways to play defense that at least I learned. There's a defense that carries the seams, and there's a defense that runs to the flats. Now, I'll say there's probably four quarterbacks that can throw consistently outside the numbers. So when you're throwing outside the numbers, I'm talking about, like, out routes, comebacks, and they can get that ball there to them consistently. Uh, with that being said, why would I then not play a defense that covers the inside routes, the seam defense, right? Because I'm going to give you those throws because those are some of the hardest throws, but you have a lot of defenses or defensive coordinators who come in and they're like, we're going to protect the flats. We're going to make them throw it up here. Like, to me, that's that. no. Like, I'm going to force you to throw the hard throw in the 21st century century because these quarterbacks, they all don't have the arm strength to make it happen. So it may seem – I think it's because the style of defense is why these quarterbacks look like they're getting better, Hmm. right, if that makes sense, right? So it's it's not because they're actually better. It's just – People are trying to attack them differently. Well, definitely completion percentages, and it goes all the way back to uh, to the Bill Walsh days. The completion percentages are obviously much higher. They're 10% or, right. or greater than what they were 20 years ago. And Tom Brady, the the alleged greatest of all time, and he's in the top two at, at worst, 
Um, top three at worst, let's say, because Montana's still. But anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Well, Tom, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Aaron Rodgers, you know, is now. But, Everybody but, but, agrees but, with Damashek. Eight years after Damashek no, first no, no. asserted. He's the most talented. He's also dominant. I mean, there's all there, he there. is. He's talented, but he don't have enough ships to be dominant. Jay Cutler was was talented as well. Yeah, but he, yeah, you're right. He Aaron Rodgers is actually coming through. It's not like it's not like he's okay, just resting so, on talent. So five Super Bowls to one, and okay. I love Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so that's why he that's why he's the goat because he has the he has the Thanos rings. He only needs one more. Like Thanos. He's looking for that. Which one was it that he was trying to find? The one oh, the guy had in his Yeah, head. right, right, right. But by the way, about that, Thanos, another movie-ish analogy for you is the Steelers are running the risk of become of getting Thanos. Antonio Brown, trade me. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm not worried. I, I, just I really think that's, am not. I, I think, think I just big. think he was, you know, first of all, let's remember this. To be a great player in this league, that's right. Your personality has to match that. Especially what he does for the Pittsburgh Steelers, his personality is more aggressive. I'm out, he's out there. So when he when he does feel bad and, and people bait him, he's going to bark back, which is fine. I completely agree with that. Willie and I did a did a lot about the the mental makeup of guys like you and him and anyone who's going to thrive at the highest level in professional sports, which very few human beings have the physical ability to even get close to. Of course, you have a huge ego if that's the case. But let's say the Steelers go now. I think this Tampa game is big for them on oh, Monday night because they go Tampa, then they go I forget the then they then they host uh, Baltimore, then the Falcons, then they go to Cincy, I believe. Yeah. I mean, they could be oh and oh five and one. They could be one four and one if they get to that. You really understand, you know, every player doesn't have the grasp you do, and in, and you're in touch with Levy. And is there any concern or thought that uh, that if it gets to that point? That the Steelers will then say, well, I mean, for this mess, we really don't need Levian at this point. To, to, um, if, and they, they if, may. If we're going to, then may. he doesn't get his money. Or what, do they what, deal him? Are they what, able to what, deal him? What money, does he, what money does he not get? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, he can't. They're not Because he could sign tomorrow and start making, you know, a million dollars yeah. a week. Yeah, he could. Or he can, you know, again, he's still weighing the option. He's weighing the option of, is it worth Okay, and, and and granted, to a lot of people, like if you use money, those those type of numbers, to the, to the average person, they're like, oh my god, I would be in there right now. I, will, you know, and you're right, you may do it, but you so would. let me and then so you let me break it, yeah. So let me break it down to the to the average person here who who are listeners who uh, where we're talking just regular money, right? So let's say if you're working a job and you're getting paid twelve bucks an hour, you're doing. $25 an hour worth of work though. And then you see Bob over here who hasn't done as much work as you you have, but all of a sudden he's making 30 bucks an hour. So you're getting your 12 doing all the work and Bob's getting 30 doing, you know, doing maybe some more, a little bit more than most. And so in this situation, what all he's saying is I'm trying to I I I need to maximize my ability to I make hear more that, money. but I'm a VP. Is that a simile, a metaphor, or a uh, analogy, Maurice? It's an analogy. It's an analogy. Maurice yeah. Just made. That's fine, but it doesn't hold water for me because even in that situation, what do you think? The average person can just go and be like, "Hey, I'm doing more work than uh, the guy in the cubicle next to me. You should pay you me should. double." You should. You should. And the boss will be you like, should. "Hey, sit back down. You, you that, like your that, job? That's, that's fine. That's fine. But you should go up there and state your your claim. You should You're go right. up there okay. and show, "Hey, listen, this is what I'm doing." 
I need to get compensated a little bit more for this. If you, and, and granted, a, a lot of people, that's uncomfortable for people to do, to go up to their boss and say, hey, you're not paying me enough. Le'Veon's doing that. <laughs> and that's not, I, I've done it. Rod like Woods has done it. the idea of average people holding out. Yeah, wow. I've seen it before. I'm leaving hey, at lunch. Listen, I'm like Vontae Davis. I'm going home listen, at lunch. Listen, I've get a seen bump. it before. I have friends who have been in places where people are just like, hey, I'm out of here. And just walk out. Happens in everyday life. I and just, does the boss chase them out to the parking lot? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. Let's, uh, let's uh, you know, take a chill pill. For the most, figure this normally thing out. they just send it up the, the ranking. They send emails up to the top, and then the top has to try to figure it out. But, you know, he went to the top. And so I, this is my thing. MVP have to, we have does to a lot of hard work here. I want you to try that. You I should. I want you to send uh, you Roger a note. Not Dear Roger. Roger. You got to, who, who's the top here? Quinzel? I don't think you can get any higher up than Roger. Yeah, but Roger really don't deal with us. Like, he's he's more on the other side. He's not on the, this is the network side. So it's really, this is how I see the NFL, too, since we're going there. I think, it's, I think I think it's Roger. Then I think there's three people, right? I don't know the exact names, but I know there's a network, the head of network, mm -hmm. the head of marketing and advertisement. And then I think it's like. You. The, no, no. Because if I was up there, we'd be doing something completely different. Then it'd be uh, <laughs> like Troy Vinton, the football side. Like those uh -huh. three. So, they, yes, they still report to Roger, but they kind of head different sectors and it breaks off. But going back to the Le'Veon Bell situation, he's not like he's not getting fined right now. Any of that. All he is is losing, you know, uh, the potential of earning 800000 but a week. But is that 800000 a week worth more than getting a deal in the free in the free market that may be, you know, more or closer towards uh, David Johnson's deal? I don't know because David, David Johnson is making thirty million in three years. Right, but isn't David Johnson? I mean, Levian, isn't he what? Isn't he rather, what? You, you, you know, he tweeted out the monocle at, in after Week One. You talked to him and, and reported that he was watching the Steelers and rooting for them and for James yeah. Conner. That's great. What he really should be rooting for out of self-interest is for David Johnson to get it going here. Because if David That ain't Johnson David Johnson's fault. I'm just saying, but can't, you can see the, the what, simple logic. No, you, you, and why are we going to pay anybody that kind of money when we right. can get by well, so why, somebody so, we're so, draft so, in so round I'll, four? I'll, I'll tell you this. this, is, this is the, then that's, a great, that's a great analogy. So why give Sam Bradford $20 million for what he's doing? So so that so so if I pay Big Ben I, a bunch of money and he goes and stinks it the up, numbers. right? Listen, what I numbers? Let, I mean, obviously, I think what numbers? Bell's a how many, rare. How talent. many how many quarterbacks? And this is where people. This is where we get the issue. How many quarterbacks are worth that money that they're making? Not many. I, exactly. The uh, only the pieces that I are worth that money. That. The pieces that are worth the money are the ones that they're throwing the ball to or handing the ball to, because it helps them out. I remember a long time ago. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. A lot, maybe I want to say it was like 2011 or 12. He came out verbally and he never talks and was like, we need a running game. We, if we can't run the ball, we can't win. And that's your greatest quarterback of all time saying that you need players around. Like, it, yes, you, Aaron Rodgers is able to win some games. Ty, he did a great job playing the, the Vikings and all those things, but you need players around him. That's why they went and got Jimmy Graham. That's why they drafted three running backs. I mean, they're they're trying to build talent around this dude, understanding that he can't do it on his own. I agree, but I think that actually has to do with the second and third contract. When you start getting into the level that Rodgers and Brady and Roethlisberger and guys like that are, uh, uh, 
are, are filling. I mean, Rodgers actually makes the guys around him better. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that over and over again. Greg Jennings, we'll see what Jordy Nelson ultimately does with Derek Carr. Donald Driver moves on. Uh, you know, the, Greg as, Jennings. I mean, you had a as, bunch of guys. As those guys move on, they, they tend to fizzle out, as do guys who leave Tom Brady. And I, there are only so many guys that make the yeah. guys around him better. Regarding Roethlisberger, though, it is interesting because what started this whole mess was Ryan Scarpino, formerly of Steelers PR, saying that A.B. is lucky to have played with Roethlisberger. Now, this is something that our colleagues, James Jones and Reggie Wayne, said about a month ago, diminishing A.B.'s greatness as they try to rank Jerry Rice, ranking him against Jerry Rice, who got to play with Joe Montana and Steve yeah. Young. I mean, who yeah. is Le'Veon Bell making uh, Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown better? Is Antonio Brown making Roethlisberger <sighs> well, well, that better I don't know. than he is? Like, like what you can look but at he now come back is... to the Steelers, and not because I'm a Steelers fan, but because legitimately no, it's this the is a... most uh, compelling, so, so I'll, crazy I'll, early season I'll, I'll hit you with, with two, different to- two different answers. One, when you draft well and you draft great players, guess what? You got to pay them. You got to pay them. That's just what it comes down to. So stop drafting well if you don't want to pay guys. Or let guys walk out of the door. One of the two. There's only, there's only two ways. Well, why to do it. they? Why the Steelers didn't draft a running back in the 2018 draft, knowing that this was looming on the you gotta horizon? Talk, you got to talk. You got to. You got to talk to them about that. I think they had. They felt like they had some other issue. They thought Le'Veon would still come in if they didn't get a deal. I done. know that's exactly what um, they thought, and that's why the teammates that's, that's complained. Why, that's why you can't. The teammates. That's they why you can't. Defended him. That's why they talked about his money. I mean, that's clear. You never why. talk about a man's money. It doesn't right. matter how upset you are. You. 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 you uh, being an adult. You get out of your feelings know, and you don't do that. I would be Two, mad. You know what? You're, but you also advocated that if you're in a cubicle and you're doing more work than the guy next to you and all that, imagine being in the offensive line and going through the the stinking hot August and blah, hot, bouncy, up on bouncy other and both Ramon, Ramon Foster got their second deal. And then, all right, but so, I, but, but Le'Veon can't. But just imagine though, you do that uh, under with, with the assumption that all right, twenty six is going to do what he did last year, and then we're going to get on our roll and we're going to pick up where we left off. Hopefully, washing off the stink of the Jaguars. Saying, wait, he's not cold month. That's what we thought was. Happening. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish they had that much energy to do all that in <laughs> April, May, June, and July when he was trying to negotiate a deal. And but they, they didn't talking. know that he was. They thought he was going to show up. Yeah, but they didn't they thought they didn't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to give him a get him a good deal. They just thought he was going to be like, "Oh, this is you got to take what they give you." Well, they did give him a good deal until the Todd Gurley deal was announced a so week later. That means, later, it, that means it wasn't a good deal. A better, it wasn't a good. It deal. It was a good deal but at the okay. time. It wasn't a good deal as soon as Todd Gurley signed his match. So that deal. means it wasn't a good deal. But neither here nor there, Pittsburgh has the ability and the talent to make a turnaround. They just have to figure out a way to get to circle the wagons. Give me a pick. Tampa, St. Pete, Tampa. the greatest quarterback in in Tampa. football America, right? Really? You think he's going to? Well, it's it's in Tampa, turn. right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll turn around after this, but I think this is the, this is t- Tampa Monday night. It's going to be hot. It's going to be. They're going to be 0 2 and 1. Then they're going to take the Ravens down and the Falcons down and the Bungles in Cincy down. I, I think they'll take both the Ravens and Falcons. I don't know about the Bengals. If you had to say one, you had to put your right leg as a bet on this mm-hmm. and don't give me jive about like both you have to gamble your right leg on this the rams are in the super bowl or the jags are in the super bowl who are you more confident about Ooh, more confident uh, oh, oh it's the jags they have an easier road the rams still have the vikings the saints you know eagles now with wins back it's just a tougher road that's all all right good stuff as always for maurice jones drew 
Um, all right, we'll let him go there. I have, I have so many more things to do about the game of life, but Maurice is very busy watching with Deion Sanders. Yes. Prime time, you ever heard of him? Um, and he's doing, oh, he's getting calls even for it. That's how fancy he is. The great Maurice Jones-Drew, everybody. Now let's turn it over to another great. Uh, his name's Willie McGinnis. He wore the number 55 for the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. All right, here it is now. Time for the week two exit interview. And seated across from me, Browns it's legend, me. Patriots legend, USC legend, Willie McGinnis. What's happening, 55? I'm chilling. I'm chilling, man. Are you? Week two of football, I'm kind of excited. A lot of surprises, but most importantly, I'm here chopping it up with my guy. Well, I, I, I love our opportunities to kibitz, and uh, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but last week, Maurice Jones-Drew sat in here for the exit interview of week one and mm-hmm. made a lot of national news talking about Levy and Bell. Now here we sit, the New England Patriots. They have the same agent, right? Is that true? Is I, that the end? I think so. That I, makes sense. I think there's an end there. What? Let's start with this. What number do you think Josh Gordon should wear with the Patriots? 12's off the books. <laughs> 12 is definitely off the books, so it'll probably be an 80s number. Or Up to the 80s. Or maybe like, I don't know, like an 18 or something. Is that he off can't the books? Take, well, he can't take 13 because I think that's Philip Dorsett. Nah, that's already gone. Um, 15 is 11. Hogan. No, Julian Edelman. Edelman. Damn. Sorry. Sorry, Jules. Um, 10 might be free because Garoppolo yeah, took it to, to... I don't know. He may go higher. He may go to a true receiver number. All right. Yeah. We'll wait receiver. and see. We'll wait and see. If, it, if the deal gets done. Let's, we'll, we'll wait and see about that. Right. React to what you saw on Sunday in Duval County. What, were your, what was your takeaway? That game made me nervous because I know how dangerous that team is at home, especially if they're playing from ahead. So going into it, I think everybody with the Patriots, you know, coaches, everybody knows you can't dig yourself a hole uh, with that type of defense. Um, It'll be tough to climb out of. They play a certain way. They get aggressive. They are aggressive. Uh, The matchups, you know, they worry you. And if you can play a certain way and keep the game even till you get to the third, fourth quarter – and then things start to happen, that's the way you play them. If you let them jump out on you with that defense, it's tough, you know, to fight your way back in the game. And I saw that. I saw them get into a situation uh, offensively where they couldn't overcome, you know, what was going on. Don't say in response to this, we'll have to wait and see. This is – I'm just going to say okay. something, and then, and then you just say yes or no. Are you excited to see the Rams-Jaguars in Super Bowl 53? If that is a Super Bowl, I would be excited to see that. If that's if that's a Super Bowl, yeah, I would be. That would be a great that, Super Bowl. Do you think that's likely? No, it's too early. It's week two. I, I knew you would pick, say it's too early. You already that's know what that. I want to hear from you. But you already know that. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. It's week two. Like the teams that are one and one or oh one and one, like your Steelers. Um, do you get excited and say, "Oh, the season's over"? No, veteran teams learn how to weather the storms. Well, the Steelers they get are better. a veteran team, and I they know. don't seem to be capable. It's okay. Right. I want a Super Bowl. Crazy. Hey, I went to a Super Bowl at 0-2. So you can't tell me, like, it, it can't happen. Started off the season 0-2 and but went the, to a Super but Bowl. But the Patriots reacted differently. Am I right about well, that? all Do teams you? will react. The good teams come together. They make adjustments. They figure out what's wrong. Nobody panics because it's early. And midseason, you start to see those teams gain momentum and get better. And the teams that jumped out early – like we saw a lot of teams last year start to just wither and wither and get worse. And, I mean, that 
that's the sign of, of, of good coaching, great coaching, and, and veteran teams. They, I'm not saying there's a switch you can hit on the wall Agreed. and you're just going to start playing great. But I, I will say is they understand how to overcome certain things within the first quarter of the season, which we're not even there yet. We've talked a lot about this, that for – I mean, it's not fair to really put anybody on the Patriots level in the 21st century, but the Broncos and then the Steelers right. would probably be the two biggest rivals for the Patriots coming out of the AFC uh, this millennium. Baltimore, too. I would say Baltimore has been a big oh, rival. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But do you sense from where you sit and you are, you understand what goes on inside the building with Belichick and you and I have discussed philosophical differences between the way the Patriots like to approach things one by one and how the Steelers under Tomlin liked it from what you can tell. And I, I maybe it's a little unfair because you're not in that building. Right. Do you sense that the dysfunction <laughs> off the field is impacting what's happening on the field? Who's who's to blame that the Steelers continue? Two years removed, 20 months or thereabouts, right. since your Patriots whipped up on the Steelers in the AFC title game. And in the post game, in the locker room, all the Steelers defenders were saying, a lot of those touchdowns, Chris Hogan running open, miscommunication. You know, a lot of miscommunication in there. We're still talking about miscommunication <laughs> after the Chiefs game. I you mean, who's, fix who, it. whose fault is that? Well, is that talent? Is that coaching? Who? Well, one, the Chiefs are really good. So yes, they throw a lot at you, a lot of formations, personnel groups, all that, and they do it. Um, time and time again. So you got to be prepared for that. And if you're not, big plays happen. Things like that happen, what we saw. Um, to answer your question directly, it starts with the coaches. The coaches, they got to define the game plan in the system. And if it's too much going in, then they got to take things out of the game plan. They have to make sure that everybody's on the same page so you don't have those communication breakdowns or those mental errors because those turn into big plays and touchdowns in the games. Mm. They really do. So I think to, in order to get guys to play fast and react and not think, I'm not saying dumb it down, but put guys in position where they can play fast. And if you got too much that week, then you got to take things out. Teams that give, give, give you a lot of personnel groups and formations and shifts and motions, all those different things that the Chiefs do to see what you're in, you go more vanilla. And you make them beat you one-on-one, -on -one, our guys against your guys. When you try to get fancy and dial up all these different, you know, schemes and things against them, then there are going to be breakdowns. Communication sometimes doesn't happen across the board. You have to be great communicators, like you said. That's one thing we took pride in. That's one thing I know the old Pittsburgh Steelers defense took pride in. Those mm -hmm. guys were all on the same page defensively. That's why they were so good for so long. So it starts with the coaching, and then it starts with the players buying in. You got to put more time in. If you know you're playing against a team like that, you got to do everything in your power that week to come in before practice, after practice, get your groups together, and rep it, rep it, rep it, because it'll pay off in the game. If you're not doing that, then it's not going to happen on Sunday. Interesting, and uh, it just endlessly uh, makes my my head spin because I don't think it's a talent issue at this point. No. But but uh, they got I mean, some good players. Yeah, defensively. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, let's move on to this. Um, oh, by the way, one more thing about the Patriots and Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon with the Patriots is that a team that can take down the Jacksonville Jaguars? <sighs> well, they already beat the Jaguars without Josh Gordon. So if you True. get Julian Edelman back, I would say. 
they'll go, you know, that's that's a good matchup. And they've already beat them. So I would say yes. With Josh Gordon, I think with a healthy Josh Gordon that's buying into a system that's 100% dedicated to going in and giving his all makes any team in the NFL better because he's a rare talent. Um, but you got to make sure he's on the same page. He's putting in the work. You have to put resources around him. You have to engulf him with football. So that's all he's doing. And when you put him in the right environment, um, maybe this is a good change. Maybe it's a fresh change. Maybe he needs to be around new faces. Um, you go into a place where everybody from the groundskeepers to the best guy on the team is held accountable. And everybody's treated the same. So you're going into, I would say, an environment where you're going you're gonna to have pressure on you to do the right thing, but it's going to be fair across the board. And you're going to have those resources from ownership who cares about players outside of the uniform, who tries to help them and make sure they're set up for success. And if they're dealing with issues, off the field issues, will give you those resources or put their arms around and try to help you if you want that help. So I would say when I heard that he was being released, the Patriots was one of the teams I was like, we had some players that were a little outspoken in the past that's had some character so-called issues come to that team and play great, not have an issue or glip it's, off it, the field. It is interesting because people often say, I'm surprised Belichick would look at a Josh Gordon type. That doesn't seem to be what he anticipates from from his players. They brought in Michael Floyd. They brought in Kenny Britt. It's not like they're I mean, adverse. It goes to, all the way down the line. I'm we saying, had Corey uh, Dillon, who people thought was an issue. He was a great teammate. Right. And he played great in Randy our system. Randy Moss even, right. Randy Moss never had an issue. You know, So you can go down the line. Now, you're not always perfect. You're not going to get everybody right. They tried that with Hainsworth. That didn't work. Right, right? How'd right. that experiment go? It didn't work, so you're not gonna you know you're not batting a thousand, but you're close. You know you're close. That's the interesting lesson. It's not that <laughs> they what their background is. It's what you guys uh, right. what the Patriots seem to have done more often than not with those questionable guys and turning them into productive guys. Right. What about what's happening? The team that be, by, either way, it's a reverse McGinnis. Gordon goes from the Browns to uh, the no. Patriots. Interesting. He'll probably have a better record than I did when don't I went talk to the Browns. Way. I don't. I don't like your modesty. I was ten and six. My my, my best year with oh. the Browns was ten and six. So him going from the Browns to the Patriots, he definitely will have a better record and probably hit the playoffs. I didn't hit my playoffs in three years with the Browns, but we gave him a ten and six, which we thought was good enough. But the AFC was too you good. and Derek Anderson, right? We were balling. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's my guy. What do you What do you think about uh, just a couple things real quick? What do you think about the Saquandry that is uh, that is mounting in the tri-state area there? I think you saw Eli look lousy um, on uh, on Sunday night. A lot of people. That's not the first time people have said maybe Eli's a little past uh, his his uh, prime mm. now. Do you think that they should that they erred in not taking a quarterback at number two? As good as Saquon looks, I think they're trying to win now, and when you get a young guy in everybody's not going to come in and play at a certain level that what you expect. Certain guys take a little bit more time. And you see some of the young guys now that are starting struggle a little bit. Everybody's not, you know, playing great ball or, hey, we're saying in week two he's going to take his team to the championship. What I will say is you got to give Eli a chance. He's proven and shown and deserve another opportunity with the right pieces. Didn't have an offensive line. They're still struggling. They spent money. They moved guys around. They're still struggling. You put pieces around them on the outside. You go and draft 
Barkley, a guy that can take some of the pressure off of Eli. We already seen that. You got OBJ, you extend him, one of the best players in the league. You got a tight end, Evan Ingram, another playmaker, short to mm-hmm. intermediate passing game. You got Shepard. You got guys that can help them now. Um, they got to do a better job at executing, right? Some of the things that happened against the Cowboys was elementary plays that happened, games and stunts up front, corner and safety blitzes that you should be able to pick up. The ball's not going down the field, and this offense isn't exciting because Eli doesn't really have that time. So what is he doing? He's getting it off to Barkley. They're running Barkley. That's his option. Instead of getting hit and getting sacked, which I don't know how many times he got sacked, four to five times the other night, dump it to Barkley. So they've got to figure out how to help this offensive line, which is run the ball, and get the ball out of Eli's hands fast. It is crazy. The Dallas Cowboys are not the 2000 Ravens. They're not the 2017 Jacksonville But they're Jaguars. all solid. They're a they're solid pro- group. No, I, I, You know what? I said that all offseason. Right. I love Tank Lawrence. I think right. he is a high-end pass rusher. Sean Lee and now the Van Der Esch and the nice story going on with Jalen Defensive Smith. backs are all young. Yeah. I like right? I like. And I, you got Chris Richard back there coaching them up, and now they're in their second-year understanding, and Byron Jones is a guy – Who's elevated this game? Then, like you got to give guys a chance to develop. There were I young, said over and over. Yeah. I said you watch. That's going to be a top ten defense this year. Did I not top say 10? that, Eddie? Spaghetti? Whoa, whoa, whoa. you jumping out top ten? Yeah. Okay. I said they're going to be. I said the Cowboys defense was going to be right. strong. That's they not look good. Be, what if you throw Earl Thomas back there? We'll worry about that at a, at a later date. Yeah. Um, why are it's it really is interesting and it does kind of boil down to that and it seems like the Giants might be tracking in that direction the Steelers might be too is that when you are top heavy when you are built around your stars at bo- as both those teams more or less are right. it can get sideways it's like a Jaguar card not the team like the Jaguar <laughs> oh when it's finely tuned when it's perfect oh it's it's, it's maybe one of the, the best, best cars out there do you like, have a Jaguar I pff, me well, how do you know? I'm just saying. I just, I, I'm, I'm passing along oh, something okay, I've heard uh, rich friends. You've got some information. Why do you have one? No, I don't. No, you don't. But they're a high car now. I see if a couple of driving the driveway up here. So, I, if I ever so. see you in a Jaguar, I'm taking a picture and I'm <laughs> sending it all over New England. Look at what McGinnis did. Wasn't bad enough. He went to the Browns. You saying Jags, Jaguars are a bad car? I'm saying you shouldn't be wearing the a team that's uh, wearing drive a car that's related what with if it's the free? team. Okay, I'll allow it. Okay. You know what? All right. But I, you know what? I want you to drive your Jaguar to Canton because uh, when you get that gold jacket that is uh, already overdue in it's my It's tough, man. You know how that goes. I know, but I want to see it already. Um, why are wide receivers divas? Why is that the position? Because I think they can change or impact a play on one single catch, or they can't. Well, so can running backs. I know, but... They always say, I'm on the island. I'm by myself. When that ball's in the air, it's me and a quarterback against a defensive back, unless you're getting double coverage. So they feel like because they have so much control when the ball's in the air with the ball's in their hand, they can determine a game. And they figure that when you score touchdowns, which a lot of – when you talk divas, mostly are offensive players. Um, When you score touchdowns, you fit in that category. I guess you do get to stand in the end zone and have like 70,000 people cheering for you. I guess that would imbue Defensive you Defensive with- players, we, we got to get a strip sack or interception, yeah. a pick six. These guys are always touching the ball. So they feel like they're special, which they are. They're a little different. You know, they're a little different. You got you to gotta handle them with care. 
you know, because they can take over a game. You know, we saw Julio, Julio do that before. You know, we saw A.J. Green just a week ago, three touchdowns in the first half, mm-hmm. just take over a football game and get a league where he was getting double covered. They couldn't tackle him. He was running by people. So certain guys, I would say, that has earned it and has been consistent have the right to be divas. Well, Antonio Brown certainly fits the latter part diva. of your statement. He can be a diva. So I, my uh, position is, as far as this goes, I am not concerned about 84 speaking out and demanding the ball. I'm not worried. Jerry Rice, after they beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, in the locker room, after the game. I didn't get enough touches. Was carrying on. <laughs> why, why am I not getting praised enough here? Why are people falling all over Joe Montana? I'm the one a, who made those hey, plays, right? I didn't get enough touches. And, and you know what? You want them to have that mentality. Most guys That's are right. always open. Probably not. But those guys you mentioned – the majority of the time, they do get open, and they work their butts off. So they're, those guys you named were some of the best mm-hmm. in the game that's played and in that's, our game. And that's where so they, they have ranks, earned right? they have earned that right to, to be a little, you know, a little, a little devious at times. <laughs> devious. I, I give them that. I like that. Um, yeah, I, listen, I, yeah, I, have, I have no issue with them speaking out. But I do think, and it really does boil down to this, I talk all the time. <laughs> With you and uh, and and other guys that spend time in the league, there is a you cannot hold NFL football players to the same standard that you do people who have normal jobs. Whether you like that or not, you know how you like to go and watch them play, or you know how you spend every Sunday watching them play on TV. Right. It's because they are rare commodities, and as a result, they have egos. There, there, there are very few guys who play professional sports that don't have huge egos. Not just football, any sport. I'm sorry, well, of course, any professional. Because sport. you understand that you're rare. You that if everybody millions? could do it, then you wouldn't right. have. You There's wouldn't make millions money. Millions of people that would love to be doing what you can do, but they can't. Even, right. even even great athletes that's gotten close that couldn't, and it takes a lot. So, yeah, your mindset is a little bit different. Not saying you can't be humble and a good guy, but, yeah, your mindset is a little bit different because you know, like you said, a rare commodity. When you look around the country, how many guys can do what you do on a consistent basis the way you do it for as long as you've been doing it? And... Make it look easy. I, I I completely agree with this, and but 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 the point, and it's not all uh, sugar and uh, and sweetness out of Damashek. No. The point is that you always hear, "Hey, Tom Brady or Joe Montana or Michael Jordan or anybody else. Hey, you. It doesn't matter. You play them in ping pong, they want to kill you. And I've seen Tom Brady <laughs> like that. I've seen him he's like in it. video games. He's done. He's it. super competitive. He, he like, does it, yeah, he does it all the time. But he's a. But you can tell he's also a nice man, and he. You can tell he loves his children, right. and is a is a good. But when it's time to compete, those guys. Switch. There's a switch. But they get. But they're jerks. I mean, they turn into jerks. Is there's, what. Look, there's no crying in baseball, right? But right, but that's what. what I, that's you wouldn't like goes. that guy if you're playing what backyard Jaylen, wiffle Jaylen, ball. You don't like that guy, did, but if you're playing, this, of course, that's what you want. You want a killer like what that. What did Jalen Ramsey say last week in his interview after the game? If that's my grandmother out there, right? I I'm mean, going it, to get it. If but that's my mom that, or anybody, I'm going to get them. And they was like, "Well, your grandma might hit you back." He's like, "She's not getting up after one of my hits." <laughs> so what I'm saying is like, yeah, right. The, the grease board is wiped clean when you step on a football field. There's no friends. Everybody's a competitor, and we're going at it. And that's Even, the mentality you should have. Right. And Antonio Brown demanding the ball, I, I 
surmise is not ultimately bad for the Steelers. No, He's their best. No, He's, because when he gets the ball, what does he do? Yeah, score six, he and then he plays. dances in the end zone. He right. makes plays. He's earned that right to do that, though. Every, see, that's that's the thing I think people get construed. You see a guy, and you're like, oh, he's won the ball. He's upset. He's saying that, one, I've worked my tail off, and I know what happens when I get the ball. Now, if you give me the ball and I don't perform, okay, I don't have nothing to say. But time and time again, I've proven and showed you over the years, I am one of the best pound for pound, not receivers, players in the league. And when I get the rock, good things happen. I agree with all of this. So, but so when he talks and he vents, let him. It's okay. Yeah, but except here's the here here's the caveat. Here's the asterisk. I must much uh, must put next to all that. Don't do it in the media. No. Oh. Well, yeah, well, right. Yeah, that's one thing. And two, <laughs> you never hear the Patriots doing that. Anybody on the Patriots? I ne- know. Does anybody ever do that? They do it. With, oh, they, they they but they keep but it in the house. But at least they know don't do it. At, well, that's the, it with a know, microphone. Yeah, and 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 it's you know, I think every coach has his own personality. He has to deal with multiple personalities and egos and all those things in locker rooms. And is that a winning way? Yeah. Steelers have won Super Bowls with outspoken guys from Porter. I can go all the way back Mm -hmm. from guys that were a little outspoken that didn't hold their tongues. But at some point, you got to let guys kind of vent and be themselves. And you've seen Gronk kind of be himself outside of football. And it's okay. Because that's him. When he gets on the field, is it a distraction? Does no, but, but because it's never Gronk. I've never heard say. <laughs> I get it. You know, we would, we probably would have beaten it, the Jags it, on Sunday if they would, if uh, Tommy Boy would have thrown me. I know it because you know more. what is 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 the thing that they keep amongst each other. I, whatever talks they have in the locker room, or we used to have, or even other teams for that matter. You know, Seattle used to be really good at that. These guys used to get into it all the time. Where Sherman was there and all those different personalities. You saw it kind of leak out with Earl Thomas and Wagner at one point, you know? So what you got to understand is that exists in all locker rooms. They Some teams just do a better job of keeping it in-house versus others. And the best way is to keep it in-house. So we don't talk about it or we don't try to ask you about it and it becomes a distraction and we're not talking about football. We're talking about you complaining or you not happy, and then the quarterback has to respond. And if the quarterback and you are tight, then you calling him up like, bro, like, you know, wh- why are we talking to the media or why are we mm. talking about why I didn't get the ball, whatever. So you got to squash that, you know? Well, why? So last thing, last question. Why can't Mike Tomlin make that happen with his veterans, I think he can. Who are the best I think players. he does a good job, man. Like you do, dealing huh? with the guys that he's that he's that he's been dealing with over the years. I think he does a great and hmm. an incredible job. Um, we are human. Sometimes you surprise the coaches with comments and things that happen. We've seen it for years. Um, for the most part, I think that organization is well respected. You know, across sports in general. I think the coaching staff is one of the best. I think he juggles a lot with personalities and getting guys ready to play and diffusing situations regardless of where it's coming from, the quarterback or the receiver or the disgruntled running back that wants a, a an extension or whatever the case may be, hold it all together and keep guys – or national anthem. I can keep going, things mm-hmm. that happen. Or – 
you know, I think he's done a great job. His team is always competitive. They're always in the playoffs. And maybe some teams, that's what gets them going when you have a little drama sometimes. Okay. Feet to the fire then. Willie yeah. McGinnis, 55, Pittsburgh Steelers, playing in January or no? Yeah. They're going to make the playoffs. They better. They better. <laughs> well, I'd like them to. They better. And, do, and, and good teams. Good teams figure it out. Like I said, it's week two. Good teams figure it out. Will twenty six is is twenty six's absence at <laughs> all uh, impacting the O one and one? Because from where I sit, it does I, not. It's weird how it's hard. It's it hard. Is. I think he's he's one of those players that he he can change a game and he can impact the game. But what we're seeing from James Conner. Is is spectacular because you know that's the heir apparent. So mm-hmm. as a as a Stiller fan, you got to feel good about that, but you can't compare to say, oh, if, if Bell was here, we'd be doing this versus that because he's not. So you gotta you gotta kind of pour into the kid that's there, that's giving you all he has. And I think he's had two great performances. Now, when Bell gets back, that's a different story. Now you got a two headed monster. So now you're even better as a team. So that's a good thing to have because now Connor's proven that mm-hmm. he can go in and make plays. And you already know what Bell can do. So I think that's a good problem to have. Okay, I said last You like the question. way I put that, right? I, you did nicely. <laughs> you did very nicely there, 55. The last thing, and then this really is it. Concern level about your Trojans. Very concerned. Yeah. Very concerned. I, 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 know, I, I know these guys want to win. I know they compete and they practice and they play hard. But we've got to do a better job. And it starts, you know, it, with everything with me, it starts at the top. You know, it starts at the top and it and it and it, and it twinkles down, and we've we we've lost some games and we've won a lot of games, but we have to start winning the games against the really good teams. We've got to start going in, beating the good teams. Um, our expectations are not just playing in the Rose Bowl or playing for a Pac-12 championship. Our expectations as a team is to be in the playoffs every year and to compete for national championships. That's what I expect when you talk about the Trojans and USC and what they do there. And they've got to get it together. They've got to pull it together. Not panicking. Not panicking at all. I still support my Trojans and I love them. But we've got to circle the wagons and we've got to pull it together and we've got to Take that next step. You are on public record on this very show, voicing support for Clay Helton behind uh, USC and everything else. But he's I'm, the coach right now. I'm I have to say it again. I That's know, right. but he's the coach right now, so I have to support who's there. I'm I got not. You. I'm not right. in control of whatever decisions they make as far as him being the coach or not. I'm supporting him because he's the coach. I'm supporting the players. I'm. I'm. I'm supporting um, the administration. I'm supporting. You know. My team, my you family. You see, that makes so much sense. It's right there in front of you, USC. He's 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 been in your backyard the whole time. <laughs> Willie McGinnis is the answer to this. Just ignore how Belichick disciples have done in the NFL and, for that matter, in college. And if you can do that outside of well, see, I'm different because I never coached with Belichick. I just played for him. So see? that's the difference. Viva la difference, uh, <laughs> USC. The great Willie McGinnis, everybody. <laughs> Wow, juicy stuff there. Hardcore football talk with two of the greats from the 21st century, McGinnis and Maurice Jones-Drew. We'll kibitz with you later on, uh, later in the week. In the meantime, oh, by the way, make sure you listen to the broadcast. She's standing right in front of me. And and I don't want to say 
if she's holding a weapon, threatening it. I'm not going to say she isn't. Also, you should listen to Dave's of Thunder and Good Sports on the Adam Carolla Show. Eddie Spaghetti, you want anything plugged in here? No? He's just a, he's just a fan of life. You know, he's a, he's a follower. Be like Eddie Spaghetti, you know? Uh, all right, now, we'll kibitz with you later in the week. Uh, Handsome Hank, Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, Handsome Hank and Maurice Jones-Drew. Matt Money-Smith, that's the guy. He's the voice of the Chargers. Money's the voice of the – I mean, Maurice is the voice of the Rams. It gets very confusing around here. Anyway, we'll be breaking down Chargers and Rams coming up on Sunday. Some other big games for you. Until then – oh, and make sure you watch at NFL.com slash DDFP, the video show that we put out every Thursday. Do it for Spaghetti and for MOVP. They work so hard on it, you know? I think that deserves your attention. Sort of like uh, – uh, Gene Hackman says, you know, to the people at, at Hickory High. It's like, this is your team. That kind of commitment deserves your respect and attention or something like that. All right. We hope to get your attention once again on Thursday. Until then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.